talking about the kingdom of Babylon and like Daniel 1 5, it says the king assigned them a daily portion of food that yeah. the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years and at the end of that time they were to stand before the king. Now, can I can I juxtapose that against how we tell God, give us our daily bread. Is this Babylon giving its own? <laughs> <laughs> its own uh, do you see my point? Well, you'll be fed because from because if you're if you're fed from God, surely you're becoming more like yeah. you. But if you're fed from the King of Babylon, um, yeah. I, but maybe not because obviously Daniel and the rest did not. You know, this it goes on to say that they then said, "We're not going to eat certain things." Mm. Right. So as much as the King of Babylon is willing to give you a daily bread, they're willing to stick to the daily bread that. God was giving them through wisdom moments. Yeah, you'll be fed from one source or the other. Yeah, okay. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Gentle Podcast. Nice to have you guys on here. I'm Toluoni. Today, the podcast is about the Daniel series. And what that is, is we're going to do the various chapters in the book of Daniel. So t- today is about Daniel chapter 1 and chapter 2, and I'm doing it with Demilade Adesignon, who we've had on the podcast before. It's a really exciting um, podcast, it's a really exciting story as well. Um, we're starting off with the very first page. Um, Jehoiakim is the king who currently reigns um, when Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon comes to take away Daniel from his homeland. So enjoy it and have a great time. So I want to say, so this guy was 25, this Jehoiakim guy was 25 years old when he started to mm. reign, right? I'm looking at, like, cross-references right now. Yeah, yeah, same, same um, I'm trying to figure out which, which Jehoiakim it is. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you see, there's in Second Kings, it says Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. king of Babylon, came against Jehoiakim. Yeah, so that's probably the same one. Yeah, but then in Second Chronicles, because that's Second Kings I just spoke about, yeah. Second Chronicles says... Jehoiakim was twenty five years old. Okay, so if he reigned, if he reigned eleven years, yeah, it means that he was he essentially reigned under. Because on, sometimes okay. what happened was they would just they would come, they would subdue and them, and then they would have their people there. Oh, okay, okay, so he essentially like a like a junior country of oh, okay. Babylon. So it probably means that he reigned for three years before this Babylon came and then yeah. Oh, okay, Jehoiakim means avenging yeah. or resurrection. So I guess in him to revolt yeah i mean but he was not exactly revolting on the side of god no he wasn't yeah. i don't think so um so it says he did evil in the eyes of the lord if you look at second Corinthians, yeah he did a bunch of abominations his dad was josiah so i think he had a good father but, yeah you know the, the trend of kings in that day and age was that crazy but they would they would start off well yeah or alternately they would have like a really good dad and then the son would just become a total wreck, yeah, <laughs> which is indicative of a lot of you know fa- families nowadays. Is typically, I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of stories I read where one guy will have a really great dad who seems yeah. to love God, but then the child just doesn't seem to follow in the footsteps of the father. Yeah, the point I'm making is that spiritual succession is a lot harder than it seems. Yeah, I think um, that's something that actually weighed on my mind a bit. Yeah, because you can't outsource your love for God. And as much as you teach people the concept of getting into the presence of God, you can't keep them there yeah. by any scientific means. Yeah, I think I think for a lot of parents or a lot of fathers, there is a there is a tendency to. I mean, I can speak from a little bit of personal experience. There's a tendency to leave your your children 
and then go and do the work of ministry. So you're so busy, like oh, yeah. running your church. You're so busy, you know, praying and praying for all the different nations of the world. I'm not saying that that's what happened in my experience, but yeah. at least I've spoken to a couple of people and I've sort of seen yeah. in in people's lives where they spend their parents are spending so much time doing the work of ministry yeah. and not necessarily enough time teaching their children. And that's, I was saying this to a friend of mine. Um, yesterday or two days ago, I was saying how the Bible says, I know Abraham, yeah. that he would teach his children. Yes, yes, yes. The, the hallmark of God's knowledge of Abraham at the time was that, look, I know him well enough to know that whatever it is telling on. him, he's passing it on to his children. I don't yeah. know there are a lot of parents who teach their children to hear God themselves. Yeah. Outside of, you know, their own fathers or mothers. I know in my personal experience, a lot of the things that I ended up doing was not because I had a personal revelation of what God was saying to me. It was yeah. more my parents were saying to me, do this. Yeah. And they would say, and you would ask them why. And they would say, because God said, or, you know, I believe this is what God wants you to do. I didn't have that revelation myself. My yeah. parents were just handing over their own revelation of what God told so me. You, to me. You know, that's yeah. funny because two things come to mind. First of which is, which is in Songs of Solomon that says, other people's vineyards have I kept, but my yeah. own vineyard I haven't. That's interesting. Um, speaks about what you just touched on. Second thing that comes to mind is the case of Samuel and Eli. Mm. Um, it said Samuel did not yet know the voice of God, but he had been working under Eli for so long, yeah. and he almost spoke to like Eli's parental um, approach because his sons did not listen to God. So <laughs> and even Samuel, who was supposed to be you know a prophet for God, did not even know how to listen to God. It was God having to call out to Samuel. Um, by himself three times like, three times for Eli was before like, Eli figure it out you should definitely the voice of God yeah so again I think I understand it from a certain point of view like for certain parents they've learned like a trial and error way of hearing from God yeah so I guess for you if you don't have that clarity 100% all the time yeah and you're still figuring out how to better discern the voice of God then yeah. the question is what are you teaching your children yeah you know yeah. If you're hearing the voice of God one in every three times, yeah, <laughs> then the chances are you don't even know how to teach your child yeah. to hear the voice of God. And yeah. then I think there's the other part of it, which is um, for a, for a father, he might hear the voice of God through like an audible voice. Yeah, if you teach that as doctrine and tell your child, oh, God will come and speak, they might, to you never, as a they might never hear from God. They might never hear from God in that way. They That's might true. hear God through their senses. Yeah, or they might hear God through like visions and dreams. Yeah. Um, and so you have to sort of teach your children the full canon of how to hear God. 100%. God speaks, you know, as you say, in various, in diverse ways, in sundry yeah. times. God speaks in different ways in different times. Yeah. No, I, someone told me yesterday that we don't hear God, we discern the voice of God. Yep. Um, because it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to yeah. unveil it. And God hides himself. Hmm. But, you know, David would say that you're a God that likes to hide yourself. So, yeah. Um, of course, seek me when I, whilst I can be found, shows that God wants us to come into him and find him. Um, but everyone, like you said, will sort of have to come to that discerning. Yeah, there's um, a place for tutors and governors, and that's the, that's the difference. Yeah. Um, you know, you say, you know, a child, though he be heir of all things, yeah. you know, he needs to be put under tutors and governors. And I think that that is the difference because... A tutor will know one way. A governor might know two other ways. Yeah. So it's, as you sit under both of these these so groups of the people, whole, that you get the whole, yeah. you know, um, grasp on it. Grasp of how to hear God or how to discern God in different times. Yeah. Because God will speak to you in one way this in this place, 
but then he'll speak to you in an entirely different way. I, I always ask myself, why did God, quote unquote, test Elijah with, you know, with the fire and the earthquake and the wind and all of that, and then give him, speak to him in a still small voice? Yeah. It doesn't mean that God doesn't sometimes speak as a, you know, as an earthquake, yeah. as a raging fire. Yeah. It's just that he speaks at different times and at different places in different ways. Yeah. You have to be able to know and discern yeah. Which one of these ways is God employing? I yeah. can call you over the phone. Yeah. I can send you a text message. Yeah. I can send you a message on Instagram. Yeah. I can send somebody to you. Fact. I can speak to you in different ways. 100%. So you you, to you gotta be. That. And um, just to add to that, <laughs> we'll get into the story of Daniel. But, um, you know, the Bible says, test all spirits, hmm. um, all prophecies, right? Like, you can hear something, but test it. And it says, reject that which is evil hmm. um like you said you've got to have that sixth sense you've got to have the spirit of god in you. who can know the mind of a man except the spirit that lives in him hmm. and having the spirit of god is supposed to help us discern that right yeah um but anyways hmm. this joachim guy obviously did what was wrong and then in verse 2 it talks about how um how they carried him off in isaiah 42 24 it says who gave up jacob to the looter and israel to the plunderers was it not the lord against whom we have sinned. So it's like, obviously because their king is sinful, um, yeah, I mean, they have plundered them. Yeah, the king is sinful, but the king's sin is sort of like emblematic of the entire Dude, nation. I, I, I love that because um, in finance, what happens when we want to give a loan to a nation, to a comp, to anybody, is that we'll say, what is your corporate credit worthiness? Mm. So mm. you as a business, for example, Dangote typically should maybe be an AA, Mm-hmm. or AA plus mm-hmm. but because maybe Nigeria got downgraded to maybe a B Dangote cannot supersede a B yeah. because he's he's within the sovereign system. exactly yeah um just one more thing I wanted to add to that you know the Bible talks about how the hand of the righteous shall not rule the hand of the wicked the, of the wicked yeah the scepter of the wicked will not rule. Yeah. otherwise the hand of the righteous might find evil to do right yeah. so like Daniel chapter 1 verse 2 yeah hmm. talks about how um, Judah got, um, you know, plunged and everything, and they took stuff from God's house and took it to the treasury of this Babylon God. Yeah. But Isaiah forty-two talks about how Jacob will be given up as a looter because they have sinned. Mm-hmm. Now, Daniel one verse three says, "Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, the chief Enoch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility." Then, that in Isaiah thirty-nine, it says, "Some of your sons." Who will come from you? Yeah, who be. you will be father, which I'll be taking away, and they shall be Enoch's in the palace of the king of Babylon. All yeah. of this stuff has sort of like been been prophesied beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was saying this to my brother yesterday. Um, is that God does not God does not work without? Bible says, "Will I do a thing without not revealing it to my friends first? God God has a way of always letting us know. Look, here is the the just reward for wrong behavior yeah and if you don't listen which we all tend to do is we don't mm-hmm. listen yeah then when that when that um when that you know when it plays out in in your life you don't listen and then the recompense or the reward of what you've done comes into your life the, the reason why god does this is because the bible says that god himself must be justified when he is judged this is that thou art justified when thou art judged god himself is it's almost like god is going to present a book of accounts to say look yeah. here's what i said yeah. if you do this this is going to be the reward yeah. and this is what you did yeah. i'm justified because yeah. i clearly gave you f- clear warning beforehand yeah. 
yeah. that you shouldn't do these things and you yeah. did it and this is this, the reward like, and they don't like to do about that because I'm not I show no favor to, I, I'm not a respecter person yeah. so I, you're, 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 you are going to have to deal with this yeah. but and that's where the mercy of God Jesus happens. right that's where the mercy of God comes into play because yeah. again it's one thing for you to know that the wage of sin is death yeah and for you to be sort of clearly ready to have to pay the price for that. Yeah. And then for somebody to go in his sovereignty and choose to bring you out of that. That is why the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is so amazing. Yeah. Because we well, It's amazing sin- for us, but it's terrible for him. Terrible for him. What I mean is we were clearly, you know, sinfuls, made yeah. of sin, sinful practice and all of that. And yeah. he chose to do all of this to try and redeem us back to God, not yeah. try to fully redeem us back that's to God. God yeah. So that's the beauty of this. And that's the reason why God is always going to be the righteous judge. Yeah. But, but it was such severe punishment. I just want to talk about like Christ, you know, people say, Oh God is loving and merciful. Yes, but he's so extremely just. Hmm. And even though, yes, you get to get away, well not get away, but someone has paid the price or you get to live a life of sort of freedom. Now we get to live a life of freedom. Jesus was severely dealt with. Yep. I mean, Christ, who had been in the bosom of the arms of God all his life, suddenly said, my father, my father, why have you deserted me? <laughs> it, it's terrible, no? It is. Um, and I was reading something yesterday as well. They were saying, look, Jesus chose that. Yeah. I think did. sometimes we, we, we assume, we assume, I mean, we think about it in our own sort of natural family dynamics, whereas, you know, God is the Father and Jesus is the Son. Yeah. And so in the same way that your father is like, they might run down and go and get me this, yeah. you know, and you don't necessarily have a choice per yeah. se. Jesus actively chose this. Like, mm-hmm. it was not something that was thrust on him. He decided of his own volition that I'm yeah. going to go and endure this. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things, I mean, especially now, whenever we get into the Easter period, I always spend quite a bit of time meditating on, like, the scriptures about Jesus's. Um, you know, crucifixion and death and all that. And I'm even going to do a full-blown study on that yeah. in the weeks that are coming. But just the, the willfulness to decide, you know what, that's suffering right there, that's pain right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go into that. Because the entire heaven was weeping. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, creation, the entirety of creation was groaning, and, you know, because to see such good in the earth yeah. and to know that you've come in contact with the Son of God itself yeah. and then to have that, like, viciously grasped, you know, torn away from me. Yeah. I can imagine what the world must have felt. Like, you know? yeah. I was saying to somebody that we, th- we think about it in terms of, oh, Jesus just went about doing miracles and healing people. Yeah. But I, in my mind, I see him walking around and I see, like, flowers blooming around. Yeah, like light. I see things just going well because the Son yeah. of God is here on the earth. Yeah. You know, so to imagine being, you know, Oh, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. If, if um, who was it? Elisha's, whose bones were like healing people. Healing like Peter's people. Yeah, shadows, Peter's shadows healing people. Yeah. So you can imagine if these sort of junior, yeah, junior yeah. Christ in quotes yeah. are going around and their shadows are doing all this kind of, this kind of restorative work. Can yeah. imagine that Surely Jesus God. is walking through a field and the field is just sort of blooming as he's walking through it, yeah. just because of the share you know, yeah. power of God that's coming out of him. I mean, maybe this is wishful thinking, but I imagine. Because when I see the response of the earth when Jesus is killed, the Bible says then all of a sudden, you know, the clouds go yeah, dark. Yeah, the sun literally in the, in the middle of the earthquake, day. In the middle, yeah. you can see it, it shows 
that creation has a response exactly Bible tells us that creation is earnestly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God it tells me that creation in itself has like a voice that responds when it sees the son of God manifest on the earth so if if creation is crying when the son of God is taken away from it and is groaning when the son when it's waiting for the sons of God to come into the earth and I imagine you know when the son of God is on the earth there will be a vicious response like a viciously positive response to yeah. the son of god being present yeah. on the earth but it was just one of those things i was meditating on and i think no, that's that's really interesting perspective for me as a geographer as somebody who has like a passion for climatology and all of that it's one of the reasons why i feel like it's my job to also like do what i can to grow into the image and the stature of christ because yeah. i imagine not only only will i be providing intellectual solutions yeah. to the things that are wrong in the world i feel yeah. like just my presence yeah will have a full-blown effect on the things around me yeah 100 percent. you know flowers will bloom and, you know, people re- people who are like in the sunken place will come to well, life because yeah so they came in contact with light so it, it goes beyond just wanting some kind of heavenly blessing and, yeah you know, a mansion in heaven yeah the solutions we want to see you know that phrase you know be the change you want to see in the 100 percent I think there's one way we've thought about it as well, you know, uh, social advocacy and all of that, which is all great. But, yeah. you know, if you really want the earth to change, then be the positive energy that 100%. changes and positive spiritual energy. You're, you can just be that catalyst that, like, causes other people to see. Because light is contagious, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so Daniel 1.4 talks about, they're asking, so obviously this guy is asking for youth without blemish of good appearance, skillful in all wisdom endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, competent to stand in the king's palace to teach them with literature and language of the Chaldeans. Obviously, this goes with um, Sidai Man, skillful in his work, yeah. shall stand before kings, right? Yeah, I mean, there was a... I mean, this still went on all the way down into, like, the English Empire and all of that. Yeah. One of the strategies for making sure that your enemies didn't rise up against you in the future yeah was a total indoctrination so not only would you i mean and, no, but even before the indoctrination why is it that they're going for good-looking people well because naturally which I is mean, attracted to good-looking people no, not not so much that I, I mean i think that might be a part of it but okay. um if you want to i mean we have a way of just sort of calling out the negative and keeping the positive i mean i, I know that there's a there's a side that's part of what the whole jewish extermination yeah. thing was also based on is you know there's this superior race and there are these yeah. superior people and so if we want to keep the best of society we have that's to make sure that we keep natural the best selection of the people. yeah exactly it's like natural selection Survival of the um so the best guys would be kept yeah um but then their lineage will also be because i mean eunuchs means they they take away their yeah. Their ability to reproduce, okay, well. you know, so they would do that. And so what they want is, they want the best guys to just be focused solely on sort of like thinking and intellectual stuff. Are you telling me Daniel was yes castrated? He was a eunuch, yes. All right, that that is. He was put on the Ashpenaz because Ashpenaz too would have been somebody who was captured from another country, yeah. brought in, made a eunuch, and given wow. the responsibility of taking care of all the other eunuchs. That they were going to capture so they would take the best people from all those captive cities yeah they would castrate them make them eunuchs and then teach them like reorient them in the way of babylon 
because what that does is it gives us a lot of intellectual power to use to build our own colony which is Babylon yeah. and then it, it, it you know it um, deprives those countries that they are coming from of, that, their, you know, of their best minds yeah. so yes the, ostensibly Babylon consistently continues to grow yeah. and the, the other country is you know is, is limited in its own growth capacity would you say that's still happening today with migration? There is a spiritual aspect to it. I was actually going to say that the yeah. spiritual corollary of that is what we're seeing in the world today. So if you look at our intellectual conversations that are going on, it's clear that Satan is doing the work of sort of bringing them over to his side, indoctrinating them with all these all these crazy... And these are the best minds. These well, are the best I mean, minds. We have fantastic minds in the church. We like, do, but... There's, there's some pretty good minds in... There are, the but I mean, if, sometimes when you do the when you do the analysis and you look at how many great minds are actively being, you know, cultured or cultivated yeah. in the church. Because the table was talking about this agenda. Exactly. The world's agenda is consistently being fed to them. Yeah. And then, and and then just to, you know, buttress the point, their ability to reproduce spiritually yeah. is sort of devoted to only towards Satan. Yeah. So you, you then find that the people who are leading, you know, um, world thought and world thinking in this day and age, uh, you know, are going down these trends and then are passing that doctrine on to their students in colleges and their children in their homes. Yeah. You know, you, you see a child who's brought up in a home and he has two moms or two dads or whatever. That that thought process, he's immediately indoctrinated in that direction. Yeah. Um, and that has been in Satan's agenda consistently over the ages. It's yeah. just bring them into my kingdom, take away their ability to reproduce positively. And instead, re indoctrinate the indoctrinate them or re rework their minds to think this way, you know. Um, and that that is that is the, the zeitgeist of Babylon. That's the hallmark of the Babylonian system. Um, so we as children of God have yeah. a responsibility to, and that's why Paul will say things like, "Do not be conformed to this world." Yeah. Because essentially, if you are conformed to this world, you're you're, you're lending all your energy to the kingdom of Babylon, yeah, as opposed to the kingdom of light, you know. Talk, but, talking about the kingdom of Babylon, like Daniel one five, says the king assigned them a daily portion of food that yeah. the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Now. Can I can I juxtapose that against how we tell God give us our daily bread? Is this Babylon giving its own? <laughs> <laughs> its own uh, do you see my point? Well, you'll be fed because from because if you're if you're fed from God, surely you're becoming more like yeah. you. But if you're fed from the King of Babylon, um, yeah. I, but maybe not because obviously Daniel and the rest did not. You know this. It goes on to say that they then said we're not going to eat certain things, mm. right? So as much as the King of Babylon is willing to give you a daily bread they're willing to stick to the daily bread that God was giving them through wisdom. Yeah, you'll be fed from one source or the other. Yeah, okay. Babylon will feed you, will feed you, or Christ will feed you. I mean... You can't do both. You can't do both. And what's worse, if you're not doing one by default, if you're not doing, you know, the daily diet of Christ, you know, by default, <laughs> you're going to be fed by Babylon. Um, and it, and honestly, Babylon has their own daily provision. Like, it's well carved out, well cut out for you. And if you don't, if you're not actively feeding on the right stuff, yeah, you just naturally feed on the wrong stuff, you know. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. From Daniel chapter one verse six, um, it says among them were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah from hmm. the tribe of Judah. All of these people were tribe of Judah. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, Ezekiel fourteen twenty. Um, I don't know if you can read that. Ezekiel. Um, because you were just talking to me about how Daniel was castrated. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to me. So. 
um, Ezekiel fourteen twenty. Does that speak directly to that? And I have to read this in context. I don't yeah, know yeah, what all of this is about, but um, I know that it's about like the judgment of Jerusalem. Um, okay. You know what is God saying in this portion of Scripture? Even if Noah, Daniel, and Job are in Jerusalem at that point in like time, the words of prayer. Not you know, even if the this. best of the best, because that's that's the, what the, these the guys deliver themselves. You know, yeah, exactly. They it's will like receive the deliverance from God. Right? Yeah, they might receive deliverance from God. Yeah, you know, but their sons and daughters will pay the price. Yeah. So we see that. I mean, Noah's sons and daughters definitely paid the price. Yeah. Job's sons and daughters definitely paid the price. Yeah. They didn't have sons or daughters, yeah. but the children of Israel. Yeah. who are his content con- constituency at the time yeah. definitely paid the price you know you, I, I think the point that this scripture is saying is look your righteousness saves you yeah. i mean yes your righteousness can save a generation but it primarily does well, temporary like right? because no noah saved his family he did the long term like he did but think about it this way noah's family was saved from the flood yeah but if you read further down the line, you see that curse. Yeah. Noah's children didn't do what was required of them. Yeah. Your father's righteousness can only take you so, so far. far. Job's children were prosperous. But when the enemy came into Job's and life... Job used to offer sacrifices Job, to them every that's morning. The thing. Job, and that's what I, this is part of what I was saying. Yeah. Again, as parents, you can't do the job of offering up sacrifices for your children on a consistent basis. But after a while... There comes an age where they are accountable for their own actions. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much you do, God starts to deal with them individually yeah. without your consent. Yeah. Naturally, if God wants to do anything in their lives when they're younger, God yeah. will sort of use you as an as a yeah. conduit. But after a while, when they reach the, yeah. reach the age of accountability, God deals with them you one You know, like, one. God would say to someone, before that child is able to tell between right and wrong, this, this tribe, I, I don't know where this is found, but I use this as a sort of point of reference to the way God looks at this um he's speaking about a tribe that is going to be cleaned off the face of the earth and he says mm. a certain person will come i think he was speaking about jesus and he says before he knows left from um before he's able to discern between right and mm-hmm. wrong this tribe will be no more yeah um, the point i'm trying to pull out of this is god saying that there's going to be a point in which this child like you said will be able to discern mm-hmm. um right right and wrong and he would then start to pay for his own. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was growing up, my dad used to tell me, I think 12, I mean, 12 is when you do the Jewish part, part bat mitzvah. Bat, bat mitzvah, yeah. Um, and that's what they call the age of accountability. At this age, you should be able to discern the voice of God for yourself. Yeah. At this age, you should be able to know right from wrong. I'm able to make, ed- I don't want to say educated, but spiritually educated decisions as to what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. At this age, you should be able to um, you know, choose good and flee from evil. Yeah. Those are things that are essential. I mean, again, I'm saying all of this to go back to the ethos behind parenting. I mean, for a lot of my friends who I know, their parents stopped, I mean, didn't stop running their lives until until they were in their 30s. Yeah. Natural Nigerian <laughs> culture says, oh, you know, um, you know, until the child leaves your home and goes and forms their own yeah. home, you're supposed to be micromanaging their lives. But the truth is, from a certain age, God expects that these children are able to hear his own voice. And I think that needs to be the um, hallmark of parenting for us moving forward. Yeah. Those of us who are of age now are going to start our own families. By the child, by the time a child is 12, 13 years old, they should be coming to you to tell you what God has said to them. Yeah. And your job should just be helping them to rightly divide. Well, is this really the voice of God? Yeah. You know, how does, I mean, 
if, if you tell me God said this to me, yeah. how do we do that in practice? I have more wisdom. Yeah, I have more experience. divine wisdom. Yeah. So I can tell you, not even so much experience because again, our experiences can color our decision making. No, I mean, experience already, right? in hearing God, maybe? In hearing God and figuring out what the wisdom of God is in that specific situation. Yeah. You know, the wisdom of God that will lead you and guide you so you know what to do at all times. But more importantly, let your children express what God is saying to them. Yeah. Don't just stifle the voice of God in their own hearing. So yeah. I think that's... Be- because think about it, Daniel is in Babylon at a young age. He, he couldn't have more than... 13, 14, yeah, when he's been pretty captured. Young, pretty young when he's sent. You know, Joseph is sold into slavery at a young age. He has no Bible. Yeah. He has to learn to hear the voice of God himself from yeah. a really young age. Yeah. And not just that, learn to hear the voice of God and then learn to work it out in his own in his own experience. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of what these stories are teaching us. Is yeah. From a young age, your children need to be able to know what God is saying and, what, yeah. and do it. Because, you know, God has no grandchildren. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, true um, that. Daniel 1.7 talks about how the chiefs or the chief of the Enochs changed the name of Daniel, um, Hananiah, and Misha. Hmm. Maybe you can speak to I find that whenever you're captured, they change your name. If you look at 2 Kings 23 verse 34, it says, And Pharaoh made Eliakim the son of Josiah king in his place of Josiah's father hmm. and changed his name to Jehoiakim. Right? So yeah. Josiah's name was changed to Jehoiakim. Um, but he took... Jehovah, okay, never mind about that. But here is a name change, and here in Daniel 1 7 is a name change as well. Yeah. Um, so it's like you get captured and we change your name because, again, it's the integration of it. Again, like I said, Babylon's first first step in indoctrination yeah. is changing. What does that mean in like day, daytime, like nowadays? In our day, I mean, what is your name? Your name is your character. Yeah. Your name is essentially the the, the, the identity. That the identity of who, you, who you're supposed yeah. to be. I mean, and I know that's why Nigerian parents name their children, hmm. you know, godly names. Because it's supposed to be the first... Let me put it this way. When you name something... I remember reading this in the book of Genesis. When you name something, that thing that you named evolves to meet up with what that name means. Yeah, yeah, So when Adam called Lion, Lion, yeah. it meant that in successive ages, the Lion will consistently continue to evolve to match up to what that name is. So your name is not just who you are in this moment. It's a decoration of what you will be in the future. Yeah, it's like this. And your, exactly, and your lifestyle, your entire lifestyle is supposed to evolve in pursuit of that name that has been declared over you. Yeah. So for instance, Daniel's name means God is my judge, I believe. Yeah, Daniel means God is my judge. Yeah. You know, um, it means that God is the one who is sort of setting the ordinances, the statutes. Do we know the Do we know the meaning of the name? Yeah, there are many names. The name he uh, got, like the name, the new name he oh, got. Oh, Belshazzar. Um, it means I think um, Bel. That's the name of the Babylonian god. Is my life. It means God is my life. Bel, not God. Bel, okay. <laughs> which is their own Babylonian god. Um, and then Anah means the Lord shows grace. I think. And then he was he was called Shadrach. And he was called Shadrach, which is, I can't remember what that one is. It also had something to do with, you know, the god of, one of their gods in Babylon. Um, so they basically sort of tie you now to their own... Yeah, so they, all those names, if you look at the the translation of all the different names... It will be tied to the Every local. single name was, we're removing you from the tie to Jehovah. Yeah. And we're tying you to one of our gods. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I think it was Shadrach who is... His new name was Mishael, which is tied to one of the one of the other gods. Akum. No, no, Hananiah is called Shadrach. Mishael is called 
Meshach. Meshach, sorry. Okay. Yeah. His own name was. Um, we're tying to another one of our gods. That's yeah. Aku. I remember that one because he's <laughs> from Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack. Exactly. Back to the past. You know, I think Michelle translates to who is like our god. Yeah. And then his new name now is Oh. We're tying you to this our god Aku. Yeah. So imagine, imagining they're they're asking you who is our god and. Babylon is saying, oh, our Aku. God is Aku. Yeah. You know, you can see how they just sort of re... They're trying to reorientate orientate them towards their gods yeah. as opposed to the God that they genuinely by, by their fruit, you shall know them, right? Um, and present day and age, you know what a person serves by the kind of person, the kind of identity, the kind of character they have, right? Hmm. So you would say that the names or the features that the enemy uses to identify people <clears throat> these days is that character almost yeah or the wisdom in which they operate in because it says yeah. there's a certain kind of wisdom that is from below and certain yeah. kind of wisdom that is from above which is first of all pure um you know loving peaceable, um, peaceable of good all of that so that sort of helps you know whether your identity is of heaven or of the ephemeral yeah which is earth. yeah i mean again i'm i'm loath to just point this out that even though it, because you need to remember something daniel and all of them couldn't take on their couldn't keep their original names. Okay. They had to take on the names that were given to them. Mm. So the point I'm trying to make is this. The world can project something onto you. Yeah. And you can, like, because of the systems of the world that you live in, you may not be able to actively reject that from them. Like, say, oh, don't call me um, Belteshazzar. My name is Daniel. Because at that age, you can't, if you try that, they will deal with you. So you 40? just John has said out 14 years old and they're telling you your name is Belshazzar and you're saying no, my name is Dan. I'm sure there'll be like some <laughs> serious flogging and yeah. stuff for you. But again, the thing about it is what do you yeah. say to yourself in your mind? Yeah. So I'll give you a classic example. Jabez, they called him something consistently, and mm-hmm. in his mind he kept fighting against that name. As a man thinks in his heart. So is he. So is he. And so what flows out of your heart is what determines the, the course of your life. I love that. So you can see how, even though the, everybody's calling Daniel in a certain name, in his own mind, he doesn't address himself as that. Yeah. He calls, I mean, and you see it, he says, and I, Daniel, understood by the yeah. books. And I, Daniel, did this. Yeah. In his own personal discourse kept, with himself, he, he kept Daniel. his real name. Okay, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, We're talking about food, the food that like Babylon gives you and the food mm-hmm. that God gives you. Daniel 1 8 says, But Daniel resolved that he would not defy himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defy himself. Um, interesting, right? Um, Again, you guys just remember that this is in the context of a 13 year old. Yes, like, <laughs> such, such, like, I don't know that there are many 13 year olds who would like, see yeah. like burgers and fries and all of that and be like, Yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. I would rather have vegetables and water. Yeah. It's just, it's just very interesting. Ezekiel 4, 13 again. We've gone to Ezekiel a few times now. Um, it says, And the Lord said, Thus shall the people of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations where I will drive them. Hmm. Then I said, Ha, Lord God, behold, I have never defiled myself from my youth up until now. I've never <laughs> eaten what died of itself. And what's somebody... Anyways, this again is just the Lord telling you, bro. Question, what why I, why do you think Daniel and his brothers, in quotes, refused to eat this food? Um, I would say that the Lord raises up a people for times like this um, and that the Spirit of God was acting in him to will and to do. But there, ha- there has to be have been some discipline that he had or some, I don't know who mentored That's that. it. I mean, his parents would have told him from a young age, yeah. look, certain foods are sacrificed to idols yeah. and certain foods are, are holy. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't sacrifice all the grass in the earth to yeah. idols. <laughs> 
Like, so grass would definitely be one of the ones that is. Yeah. You know, but all the other cows, because that's what they used to do in Babylon. The cows, the, mm. you know, all of that stuff, they would sacrifice it to their gods, Aku and mm. Bel and all these other gods. And then when they are done sacrificing, in the same way that the children of Israel used to sacrifice, mm. you know, their own meat to God, in yeah. a sense, yeah. you know, they would do all of that. They had their meal offering and their peace offerings and this. The Babylon people had theirs as well. And it was from that largesse that they would then go and eat. Mm. You know, the king too would eat his own meat and all of that. Mm. Um, you know, and so I imagine from a young age, his parents would have told him, look, this. we don't eat food sacrificed to idols. We yeah. only eat the food. So when he was thinking about, I mean, and again, you need to think about this. At 12, 11, 12 years old, mm. you know, how do I know to do vegetable and water and nuts? Yeah. You know, it speaks to good parenting. Fantastic parenting. Good parenting. So again, that tells I mean Bible says, you know, you teach your children, they will not depart from it. Yeah. You know, if you do a good enough job teaching. of teaching your children between the ages of zero and twelve, perhaps, by the time the child is twelve, he should be able to make informed decisions in righteousness. Is there a position of God teaching as well? It says your children shall be taught of the Lord. And really will be their peace. Absolutely. But the question is who teaches them of the Lord first? Because you are a conduit after all. So you may be teaching your kids, but God really is. Are you allowing God to teach your kids? Is Absolutely. the question. Absolutely. Um, and it says, God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. Great. I mean, we see this always. Like we see it with Joseph, people who resolve in their heart to be disciplined hmm. um, end up in favor. Um, and you know, Proverbs 16, 7 says, when a man man's ways please the Lord, hmm. he will cause even his enemies to be at peace with him. Um, so right, we just have to put our character in shape and love sort of things around, yeah. around us. Yeah, and I want to just use this to remind everyone that when you are placed in a position of temptation, the Bible mm. says that there is always a way of escape. Mm. Um, that one is still, I have to be very honest, in my experience, it's still a really hard realization for me because sometimes I get so overwhelmed by the temptation that I, I fail to see the way of escape through it. Um, I know that there is a place for like strong moral conviction yeah. where your moral umbrage is so strong that you're just like, no, I know this thing is wrong and then you find the way of escape through it. Yeah. I mean, there is a place where just your moral strength can kind of get you out of certain temptations yeah. because you know, just know, and you sort of, you propel yourself through it. But in situations like them, like Daniel and the four boys were in, the, the four Hebrew boys were in, yeah. um, the three Hebrew boys rather, um, there was no there was really no no escaping they needed divine wisdom to be able to find that way of escape mm. and that's what i'm saying there are certain temptations that you can get out of with your own personal Easy, sort of fact, strength right. yeah but there are certain temptations that you get into that you need to find access divine wisdom to get to where we escape. enoch was not having this he could have said i'm not going to yeah he was saying to them i'm not i'm not no, doing he, that he you want me to it. get killed <laughs> Why should I bother with you exactly? You know, like, I, mean, I mean, think about it practically. These twelve-year-old yeah. boys come to you and say, "Sir, not eating." They will not say, "Oh, it's me that didn't feed you guys." <laughs> yeah, you are joking. I'm, I'm a captive like yeah. you. You want me to get killed for your own foolishness? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. So again, the point I'm trying to make is there is a place for accessing divine mm. wisdom in dealing with in dealing with temptations, and that's one of the things I'm learning. Bible says, "The race is not to the swift, mm. the battle is not to the strongest, unto those who God shows mercy." Um, you can think that ah, I'm swift enough to run away from temptation. Temptation runs faster than you, whether you believe it or not. Yeah. Or I'm strong enough well, to overpower temptation. Temptation is more powerful than you. Yeah. 
in situations where you can't seem to find because it's your own desires that lead it's your own desire that's leading you in situation where you can't seem to find a way out the first your first protocol actually not only when you can't find it out always your first protocol should be lord help me please i need mercy to get out of this situation please give me grace to be able to walk through the door of escape that's humility right and the lord is close to those who are humble yep when you think omo i can stand say let let those who think they stand take heed lest they fall lest they fall um, but then Daniel says, give us 10 days. Well, that is wisdom, isn't it, right? There is a whole spiritual um, analogy or spiritual to backbone to that, but I don't know that we can keep that <laughs> of that to do. Okay, so um, um, it says, take away, um, do it for 10 days and let's see what happens, right? Hmm. So he listened to them in this manner and tested them for 10 days. Um, maybe you can give us a brief overview of why 10 days is I mean, in my own I mean like I said there's, there's so much that I can get into with this but I found that in general practice if you can keep a habit for a week and a half yeah you, you'll start to see some transformations happen within those 10 yeah, days you get up early and pray a week and a half getting up early to pray 10 days, gym, 10 days you'll see, you'll see a transformation in your habits yeah um, choosing to meditate on God's word 10 days you Facts. see you see a major transformation in your habits I think there's a natu- there's a um, what, like worldly um, you know concept that says well, it takes 21 days to break a habit yeah and 10,000 hours to become 10,000 to become an expert yeah. I think that the, that that those 10 days are just examples yeah let's let's get to Daniel 115 <laughs> that talks about um it says that at the end of the 10 days it was seen that they were better in appearance I want I want to juxtapose this with two verses um at the end of the 10 days these people are better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youth who are you know munching away on the king's food hmm. Exodus 23 25 talks about how the Lord will bless our bread and water and take away sickness from yeah. us Psalm 37 verse 16 says it's better that you have a little hmm. um, that with the righteous yeah. than the abundance of the wicked. Hmm. This this concept right is can be used across many things. Where, for example, paying tithe, I tell you that if you pay your tithe, you're able to do more with 90 naira than 100 naira or 90 dollars <laughs> than 100 dollars. It sounds impossible to you because um, you, you work in a mathematical world. But the Lord is saying, look, like in 10 days with vegetables and seemingly less protein, I'll make you fatter and bigger. Do you see my, are you getting my drift yeah, here? Yeah. This is a concept that like, I think people who are immersed in like worldly principles, I'm an economist. Um, I guess it's easy to get swayed with, oh, look at this, you know, inflation is on the rise. Prices are going up. Um, surely hardships on the way. So it's when others say there's a casting that we, we say there's a lifting up. Mm. I mean, we, we don't sort of operate in the economics of the world. We dictate what it is that we want to see, right? The yeah. just shall live by faith. Yeah. What are you? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, the underlying thought process behind all of this is that, again, if you are led by, Bible says the thought of the Lord and grace is their peace. If you are led by the Spirit of God to do certain things, you will see that your profiting will appear before men. Yeah. One of our problems as Christians sometimes is that we try to do the best of both worlds. So we're thinking. Well, you know, I'll take what the world teaches yeah. and then I'll just merge it with scripture. I'll merge it with like spiritual <laughs> thing and then we'll use this nice little cocktail together yeah. and then serve it. And ostensibly, I should be better than everybody. Yeah, yeah. Now, God doesn't necessarily work like that. Come on, You know, you can't be hot or cold. Yeah. I mean, you can't be lukewarm. Yeah, I either have to be hot or cold. And God knows how to deal with those who are hot and God knows how to deal with those who are cold. Yeah. You have to just make a, and that's the difference between Daniel and, and the rest of the other guys. Is 
and I want to be clear, we often think about it as if there were only four guys who came from from there was a bunch of guys. All of them yeah. were all I mean they were all captives. Yeah. But Daniel came four boys out of a whole group of nobility. Yeah. Who so again that shows you that there's it's a small it's a rare group. It's a small yeah, it's, it's group always, in a massive crowd. Yeah. You know, and it really just boils down to do you want to be one of those people who is, you know, this the rarity, the one mm-hmm. in ten thousand, one in five thousand, mm-hmm. who has chosen to hear the voice of God and be led solely by the voice of God in, your th- in the things you do. Mm-hmm. If you want to be that, there are certain decisions you will make. Once you make those decisions, God is almost like God takes it as a responsibility on Himself. God has vested interest in making sure He blesses you yeah. because He wants to make you a sign to the so rest of the world because, that yeah. if you obey my voice if you diligently yeah. obey my commands then you know you'll be blessed you do this and that's, that's the same promise God gave them in Deuteronomy yeah. if you hearken to the voice of God to, you observe to do you, yeah. then you'll be blessed in the city you'll be blessed in the field yeah. and all of that but what we tend to do is we well, okay I'll hearken to the voice of God but I'll also take some of what the world is teaching and then yeah. we'll sort of do this push you, you can't do that you can't do that you, know, t- you talk about blessing right and Daniel 1.17 talks directly to that it says God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. This mm. was like, this came out of them making certain decisions. Yeah. Um, because it says God gave, not God had given. Mm. It almost was like, you know, okay, these guys are making certain decisions in like of seemingly little things. They would yeah. sort of consecrate their hearts, and God is all building them up as well to set them apart. Yeah, so again, I want I want to just sort of add these two things together. You make they made a decision in their hearts not to eat certain fruits. Yeah. And we see how that decision in their heart not to eat certain fruits leads because it's one discourse. Yeah. Yeah. We just decide we're not going to eat certain fruits and all of a sudden God decides, okay, I'm not only am I going to bless you with the direct result of not eating certain fruits, which is healthier. looking healthier. I'm going to make a transformation in your mind yeah. so that you're able to learn things faster. You're able to have all wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Yeah. So again, the reward that the reward of their one decision just not to eat this food is not just an external thing. It yeah. leads to an internal transformation as well. Yeah. And that's the beauty of working with God is that, um, you know, who is it? Solomon who says, look, Lord, all I just need is wisdom. That was what came to my mind, yeah. He gets wisdom, but then he gets all of these other attendant Because blessings. of the position of his heart, really. The Bible says you seek first the kingdom of god which is you see god's dominion first you see god's authority first yeah. then all the other attendant blessings will be added to you that's the way god works is if you make once you make a conscious decision at the mind level that lord this is what i'm doing yeah. for you yeah. god ha- he then takes it as a personal responsibility to back you up yeah. with all the resources you need and i know and the thing is god did this intentionally because like I said, if you make a decision, God decides I'll elevate you so that you can be a sign for everybody else to see. God did this intentionally. They made this decision to walk with God and God's like, all right, I'm going to use you as a sign. I'm going to set you above everybody else. So he gave them knowledge. What we do yeah. is we see the scripture in verse 17 and then we praise, oh God, please give me knowledge. That well, you don't see, you don't see the, the mind position that of Daniel. You have to have made certain <laughs> sacrifices before. <laughs> before you hop up, I want to say, you know, people now take this as a diet where if you, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if, you, if you eat this amount of food for 10 days, does it help your mental capacity? Does it make you sharper? Yeah, well, I guess you can say so, but like... It probably does. But what, you're, what we're saying is primarily this was God's sort of blessing. Yep. yep. And it was like the heart position in which they did it, not particularly. I mean, of yep. course, surely 
um, the conduits of using vegetables must have assisted. They weren't eating like things that were detrimental. Yeah, I mean, I know there's science to back it up. I know yeah. there's science that says now that if you're eating certain proteins consistently and not giving your body the chance to like detox and get yeah. rid of some of those things, it has an effect on your mind. I know that there's a lot of science to back it yeah. up now, but in that time there was they, no science. Zero, zero, and that was that's what makes miracles. Like, educated many decisions, times, like, yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, and I ask myself this question when I read this portion of scripture to say, look, okay, God, for the first 10 days, they decided that they're going to eat vegetable and water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember, these guys are still 13 and 12, 11 years old, right? Yeah. Does that mean they didn't eat meat till they were in their, I don't know, till they were in their 20s or 30s? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that that's true. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. what would have happened was they would have proven to the eunuch that they knew what was best for them. And so if they then went to the eunuch to say, look, we need some meat in our diet, but what we don't want is the one that's been offered up to idols. But do you think they had a selection of those? That's what I'm saying. If you let me let me put it to you as a natural illustration. If you, if you're working with a group of 13 year olds, for instance, yeah. in a class setting, and you offer them, you tell them, do this work this way, and they do it, and then another boy does it a slightly different way and gets a superior result to what his classmates did. You will, you will say, look, this boy has a certain, a certain yeah, amount of understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we naturally do in those types of situations? We say, okay, let's move class you up captain. to the next class. Yeah. Or we make you the class captain. Or alternatively, we move you into like a f- further math class. Yeah, yeah. We give you a different diet. But that's because you've shown that you are able to handle that up, diet. Yeah. So in that kind of situation, I imagine, because I was like, ah, I asked myself, just practical questions. God, they said they like vegetable and water. Is it vegetable and water they were going to eat for the rest of their lives? Yeah. Now, I imagine they probably needed some meat and some yeah. bread. Yeah. But because they had shown themselves to be very trustworthy, yeah. they could then elicit favor yeah. from um, from the, the eunuch, the head eunuch, to say, look, okay, this is what we think works best for us. But can we get some meat that hasn't been sacrificed to idols? Can yeah. we get some bread that hasn't been sacrificed to idols? And he'll be happy to provide that for them. Yeah. You know, and that I think is partly what also helped them yeah. to be able to get knowledge and understanding and wisdom because yeah. they were able to find practical ways. Yeah, and that was God's deal. that was God's wisdom That's helping them. You know, I want to talk about Daniel one twenty. Um it says that Daniel initially had asked that they be tested for ten days, but here the nomenclature that is used to talk about how superior they were, it says they were ten times better. Mm-hmm. A day for each time. <laughs> Oh, you see that that is instru- I didn't even notice yeah. that but that is very instructive um, one day for every one, for one every time coach. for every day of, yeah. of vegetable and water yeah <laughs> um, that, that's interesting yeah but again it says um, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding the king, the king inquired of them he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm you know that, that again i want to be i want to just point out that this is not 30 year old boys yeah. like this is young kids yeah showing up a whole school of professors and lawyers and you know magicians and astrologers so again it tells me that there is divine wisdom that's available uh, that's, this is the jesus spirit you know sat in the yeah. synagogue and schooling all the older people yeah spirit of god right it's yeah same like yeah it comes upon you and yeah. you do everything the bible tells us jesus can do. these are the things that get me a bit worked up because the yeah. bible says to me i have the mind of christ i know all things yeah i don't see that in my own daily experience yet yeah well you're growing into it i agree yeah but i'm just i'm laying it out there to say that these are the conversations i have with god yeah, to say excuse me sir 
You see, yeah. I know you respect our person. All these guys did for the be- for the most part is they just chose for a, for a period of years yeah. not to defile themselves with the king's meat. Yeah. And you see how much blessing you blessed yeah, them. Yeah. Excuse me, say, I have my case. Like, oh, do you, you understand? Do, no, do something for your boy. You know, hundred percent. You know, I I hear. Yesterday I was I was because over the I've said three things at once. None of it's come out. Over the last meeting we had together, which was a call mm. at church, you had talked about praying for rain. And yesterday I was like, God, like, let it rain now. What do you mean? Because <laughs> you said greater things are shot. So what's going on? Like, why is it not raining? <laughs> so just to preface, <laughs> let me let me let me see what happened. So we were in a meeting together for like the leaders and all of that, and they were asking us, how are you guys doing? Yeah. And you know, and I had and somebody had mentioned how it's too hot in Lagos at the moment. Yeah. And me, I I was like, I said to the meeting, I was like, look, I was actually complaining to God the other day that like, God am I not your servant like Elijah prayed for rain uh, yeah, and he rained and me I've been praying for <laughs> rain honestly, like, honestly, on account of that I was like God like why like let it rain honestly like you know again it goes to it goes to the lessons that we need to learn are, are always varied yeah um, and sometimes depending on where you are in life God might do God God is all wisdom and all power and all knowledge. So he knows how best to appropriate certain things for certain people. I imagine because they were in captivity, God had to sort of show himself in a different way for them. You know, for us, we're not necessarily in the same country. Do you understand? So for me, the wisdom might be, instead of letting rain, might be providing, you know, funds for diesel, providing funds for generator or whatever, so my AC can work. You know that doesn't mean that god isn't showing up for us you know and then obviously the challenges that are going on in the world maybe god hasn't given me the wisdom to be able to sort of like disciple the whole country at the moment but in my own little sphere of influence i can display wisdom and understanding and knowledge that is far superior to my my means 110 um we did daniel too as well um just because there's a story there before we close out, um, Daniel 2 1 talks about it's no, well, finishing up from Daniel, it says he was there till the year of Cyrus or something, mm-hmm. so he was there for quite a while. So I believe he's kind of, kind of grown up now, yeah. Um, but then Daniel 2 1 speak, goes back a bit, it says, Second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, how he had a dream and rest. What's the story here? So, um, Nebuchadnezzar obviously commands all the magicians, <laughs> he's going through his own, yeah, he's going through his own season of um trouble yeah um so you can just remember that dreams were always considered to be like messages from the gods in their own time yeah okay. you know so when you have a dream and and you remember what the dream is because i know that for me sometimes i dream and i forget but when you have a dream whenever i, I dream and i forget i hold the holy spirit to account <laughs> I, honestly, I, should, I literally maybe i should try that i, I honestly Get into war soon because I want to. I want to remember, and many times I remember. I can eight out of ten times I remember. Mm. I should try that, try that definitely. Yet. Yeah, but I mean, dreams were always thought to be like encoded messages yeah. from gods, or well, in this case, from God. Um, and so Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, and he can't seem to get rid of. Like he can't shake the idea that this dream is definitely a message to okay. him. So his natural response is. What do I do in these types of situations? I reach out to the people who have been, you know, interpreting. I mean, because that's part of what used to happen. Yeah. You would get all these people from all kinds of, all different countries and everything. Bring all your, that's, it's basically in the same way that countries today like America and everything, you're bringing in talent from all across the world. So Asian yeah. talent, American, yeah. English, you know, 
everybody bring your brain together let's all come together and build this one country up so that's basically what it was you get all his magicians and astrologers together and present them with this dream and say to them interpret the dream for me and that's the context that we're in for this story yeah but you know what's interesting about um the king asking that all these magicians tell him his dream and interpret it is because science sometimes interprets but science does not originate yeah Right, because we, we have we have those discussions today now about oh this how does this come about? This come about. What science is doing is catching up to what already existed. Mm. Whatever science found tomorrow was already there; it didn't originate. Mm. But what the king is saying to these people is originate and explain and explain. And that's what the wisdom of God only could have done. And if you read their response, they're like, "Look, sir, the boss, he can't." I mean, <laughs> you know. You know, I, li- I like the way they say, Oh, King, live forever. No, <laughs> so, okay, I mean, okay. first of all, to live over, you know, son, you know, yeah. your ministry will continue to move forward. We, man. we, we start the area. It's like, sir, please don't, let's not start. Let, let's not be silly in this yeah, place. Let's not, let's not start, please. You know, I mean, and, and, and there's, there's. The King says, I know with certainty you're trying to gain time. Mm-hmm. Because you, you see know, that the word from me is short. <laughs> if you don't let me know what the dream is, you know, I will I will die some of what, you up into pieces. One sentence for and you. And your houses will made a dunghill. I remember I mean I was reading I was listening to somebody teach the other day and it's very instructive and I want to just point this out very quickly that um what you do know or don't know has a direct a direct um result yeah. on your family. As what a man, you do or do not know has what you direct, do or do not know has direct implications for your family and 10 you can say that again for people at the back what you do or do not know has direct implications on your family you should put that on a t-shirt you should <laughs> put that on a t-shirt and give it to every man who every, works yeah. who works on you the reason why i'm saying this is um you know the king asked them what is your dream what is my dream and tell me the dream and interpret it they say sir we don't know and he says not only am i going to kill you i'm going to kill your entire family Facts. when daniel is put into the lion's den yeah. All the people who made the recommendation that he be thrown into all the lions, all the Bible says all of them and their wives, families yeah. were thrown into the lions. Then when Daniel wasn't eaten, yeah. so you can imagine this woman is at home pounding yam, waiting for her husband to come back from when the king's palace. And then you know the king sends a messenger and says, "Oga said we should bring you and your oh. children to the. Oh, <laughs> and they're like, "Let me wear my nicest dress." Bring your children to They're like, "No, no worry, don't worry. Once you're wearing, it's fine. Let's bring all of them." And all of, you know, you as a man, your wife, your children, all of you throw into the lions. The what you, the things that you refuse to learn from God have a direct implication on the well, on the livelihood and the wellness of your family. Yeah. And that's why as young men, we are expected to, you know, spend time developing a relationship mm. with God, spend time developing intimacy with God. Yeah. Because the course or the, the, the channel, the pathway for life for our families Will be determined by what we do or do not know hmm. what we do or do not receive from god they these magicians tell the king that there is not a man on the earth that can do this he says um no one can show it to you except the gods mm-hmm. whose dwelling is not in the flesh well mm-hmm. funny the spirit of god was on daniel right and he was in the flesh and he was like this speaks to me about when jesus comes and says the world cannot know the spirit hmm. right because yeah they're not of him. They can't. It's foolishness to them. So these enchanters are saying, God does not dwell in flesh. Why say no? There's a spirit of God that can dwell in flesh. Hmm. But they can't. I don't know whether you see my yeah, point. And yeah. they can't understand. Um, but obviously the king got very angry, very furious, and commanded all the wise men in Babylon to be destroyed. Hmm. Man. 
So it says, so they went to look for Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Which tells you that it was clear to them from the get go yeah. that Daniel had a superior spirit. Yeah. Because well, they went for him to kill him, no? No, I mean, what the point I'm trying to make is when they knew that, when they knew, look, this thing is going to get us into big trouble. Yeah. The only way we can safeguard our own lives is to make sure that there actually is no one on the earth yeah, who can interpret this dream. Yeah. So that's part of what I'm trying to say. It's, it would have been clear to them over the years yeah. as Daniel was growing up in their company that yeah. this guy's spirit is way superior to ours. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's 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 it's. <laughs> I guess it's an indictment to, against us as Christians in this day and age. Yeah. Because I don't know that there are too many people we can point to to say at a very young age that these guys are way superior. That the knowledge and wisdom and understanding that we have. I think at a young age, you're, you're, you're pretty good. Ah, me, I know that I'm not pretty good. No, no. Honest superior, to God, I... Superior and pretty good. You know, when, um, who was it? Was it Ezekiel? Who entered the presence of God and said, Oh, I've dwelt amongst unclean men? Mm, yeah. Who, who was that? I don't remember who it was. Yeah, but I it said, yeah you see my point? Like, the comparison on earth is very different to comparison in heaven. Um, but as you stand right now, you're being built hmm. as a person. And that is something that a lot of people are not getting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I think obviously we aspire because we want to, we want to be like him with unveiled faces, right? Where yeah. he made more, Jesus is the standard. We've seen what he's done, but obviously we're not going to get complacent, but I think we should be glad that God hmm. is working in us to do some amazing things. Um, the, I think those milestones are very important. I started writing down all my milestones, like, um, you know, praying for my mom when she was, like, literally close to death. Hmm. All these things that have happened are those milestones you set at the end of the Red Sea or at the end of the Jordan that says, the Lord did this to hmm. Yeah. You know? So I think that encourages us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a big encouragement for me. Um, but, again, like I said, I try and have as frank, I try and have very frank conversations with yeah. God to say, look, Lord, you see, my vessels are not. Yeah. I know that I may not have done all that is required of me to yeah. be able to live up to the standard, but Lord, please help me, yeah, yeah. because I want, I, I want to be able to show the world Your Majesty, Your glory, yeah. Your wisdom, Your power. I mean, if you read it in the portion of Scripture, it says, you know, they're literally going out on a rampage to kill everybody, and Daniel sees the head, uh, head executor of the king's, uh, you know. Uh, command and says to him look why are you rushing to do this thing like like you know we're basically saying to the chief police officer like guy calm down wisdom and counsel yeah, and which again says to me that you know you can be so removed from a situation because it doesn't i don't know if daniel had a, an established relationship with this person they, they, but they i'm saying that later in the chapter they, they envy him yeah i'm saying you can't come into a situation that you have no real you don't know anybody imagine coming into a room with people from i don't know from the north and you have no connections whatsoever yeah and speak to them in such a way that immediately they think man this guy has some wisdom yeah. and their all their rash attitude their brash behavior is immediately quelled yeah. by the words that come out of your mouth yeah. and i always say that to god like god i want to be that kind of influence yeah yeah i definitely tap into that man, because again i like your position of asking because it says let he who lacks wisdom ask from hmm. who keeps freely yeah we think that 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 means that people who are, are dumb no hmm. no it's saying that people who are always in the position of humility 
to ask for wisdom should ask for him because um, he says the Lord gives grace to the humble right yeah so in the position of understanding that Lord we always need your wisdom we would mm. always get but then at the point where we think well, we have grown in wisdom then surely um, that tap stops the flow so I agree with you mm. 100% so we're saying that Daniel went, went off and like spoke to this guy with prudence right yeah and says why is the decree of the king so urgent like why is this guy why is, <laughs> why is the king issuing uh, such a harsh decree yeah. what's going on yeah. Um, and then Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. So Daniel was like faith. Yeah, I mean, faith. and it also shows that if you display a certain amount of wisdom consistently, yeah. you will start to build partnerships with people in positions of power, which is yeah. what happened to Daniel. Because again, I imagine the king calls them out at 15, 16 years old and, and tasks them with questions as like, you know, what's going on here tell me this tell me which is what we read at the end of the first chapter yeah king is asking them tough questions and they're answering i'm sure he would have kept an eye on them that there's one yeah. one guy there built shaza he's a really smart kid keep him keep me, updated on, than the others. keep me updated on his progress you know so when this is all going on again daniel has carried enough favor with the king to like ask for to time. be able to say look sir just give us some time because we'll... the king had said to them before that you're trying to bite yeah i'm trying to bite this is daniel people. actually trying again, it shows see, you yeah. the viciousness of the system they were living in which is why i mean i'm i keep rehashing this because for someone like daniel to have gained favor with the king of the eunuchs yeah in such a vicious system where imagine you go we, we all go for a meeting with our pastor for instance and our pastor just said all of you cancelled immediately <laughs> send them away you know that's how they lived if you all start, if you make a mistake the king can just decide all 300 of I you die, die. Yeah. you know so for him to have gone in and been able to gain that favor from the king you can see how the hand of god was working yeah. in his circumstances those are the things that i like to see whoa well he goes back home and tells his friends <laughs> all right and yeah. i think you know they there, seek mercy there is from a, god there is a yeah that is a key phrase you know it says, um, and Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from God. In KJV, says that they would desire the mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. Hmm. And <laughs> every time I read that, the Bible talks about the sure mercies of David. Yeah. There is, I know we talk about, oh God, I need your mercy, but there are mercies of God that unlock deep secrets that on that on earth deep wisdom it says that i will give you the treasures of darkness yep absolutely absolutely and you have to desire that mercy you have to sort of entreat god for that mercy you have to there's a level of desperation that needs to be evident for god to then go and open up you know on earth on seal on break you know the things that the wisdom that is required to be able to I'm saying this to point out that when I bring things like to God, like, oh Lord, you know, the energy crisis in the world, or, you know, problems with global warming, things with, you know, um, you know, and biodiversity and all of that stuff, and I'm raising up these issues to God, I realize that there needs to be a certain desire, a hunger for to God solve to, those issues, to yeah. solve those you issues, for God to pour out his mercies to be able to unearth the solutions to yeah. those problems. There's only people who've shown themselves consistently to be you know, useful to God, malleable in the hands of God, yeah. willing to let God use them. Those are the ones who, to whom God will. But like you were saying, the glory of God to conceal the matter is the honor of kings. It's only the kings, and they're, they're hallmarks people of the king. People who have set apart. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. People who God can turn yeah. 
in a, you know, the Bible says a king is able to scatter away evil with their eyes. People's thinking, their eyes of their minds are so sensitized to the moving of what God is saying. There's only those people who can truly bring down the mercy of God to be into on earth. Like earth, earth shattering, earth changing solutions. Yeah, that is good stuff. That is very good stuff. Um, that is amazing. It says the mystery, Daniel 2, 19, it says, and then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision at night. <laughs> okay, back to your dreams. Dream stuff. <laughs> you know, you know, it's really important. Like dreams are critical. Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 says, um, he said, hear my word. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him yeah. in a dream. Hmm. Um, I, I think for me, I wake up, I, 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 I see a dream. I can sense what is coming. Hmm. I can sense, okay, there is a spirit of conflict that is hovering around me. I need to deal with him. There is a spirit of this, spirit of that. Um, some people dream a lot. Some people don't dream so much. We're not saying that everyone has a dream. Um, but this was revealed in a dream, right? Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again, obviously, the place of having three friends who you can pray with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Bible yeah. talks about, I mean, four is, four is, we know four to be the number for balance, you know. Yeah. The the ark is carried on the on the, on the shoulders of four priests, you know. Yeah. Um, table A table or a chair will sit on Stop. four legs. Yeah. So we know that four is the number for balance. So to be able to have those three other people around you who you can actively go with into your prayer closet they can help you discern because we don't hear the voice of god we discern we discern and who can help you through that process people who are around you who are hearing the same thing so again it's very important to be able to find your own group of people who you can who you can go into you know when you're in a tight spot because again this is a life or death I find that sometimes we read these stories in the Bible and we don't necessarily think about the context. This is a life and death situation, you know. So what happens? Who do you reach out to in your life and death situations where things are really dire? There is no solution on ground and you need to hear from God directly. You need to have those people. And I'm speaking to myself because I know I have family who's great. I have friends who are great. But I don't know that I have fully identified those four people who if I am in a dire... Yeah, I think... Think it's important you know so yeah um no I, I think that's important. on that note if you want to be part of my four i'm taking applications <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna apply as as first person i'm taking applications well it means that there are only two two spots two more slots necessarily <laughs> <laughs> um no I, I think that that that's critical so dreams obviously is the way this guy heard it mm. um and like you said like he says will i do it thing unless i reveal it to my prophets right so yeah. god revealed it to him and Daniel said, Blessed be the name of the Lord forever, to whom who belongs wisdom and might. It's just the heart of Daniel to give yeah. it back to God. Right? Again, if you read in the KJV, it says, And Daniel answered and said, So the question answered who? Yeah. Obviously, you know, you read in the Bible, it says, And the word of the Lord came to me. Yeah. In your vision, the word of the Lord came to me. Evidently, somebody came to Daniel. I mean, I'm not trying to say there was an actual person, yeah. but I mean, you need to understand that you're not. They're not speaking with the air. Mm. They're speaking with a person. Yeah, like and so in in that conversation, exactly in that conversation with God, even though he was in a, in in a dream, yeah. you know, when Daniel wakes up, he realizes he's had a conversation with God because he has received the wisdom from God, mm. and so he immediately responds. He yeah. answers and says, "Blessed be that consciousness of God." Absolutely, that consciousness of God. Um, you know, it talks about how he gives wisdom to the wise, reveals deep and hidden things. Yeah, and this is all prophetic, by the way. Yeah, like this is great stuff just talks about to you oh god my father that give thanks and praise it's just a heart of gratitude right um that comes from revelation so revelation should unveil 
thanksgiving hmm. is what Daniel shows here hmm. it says therefore Daniel went into Ariok whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon he said to him do not destroy the wise men of Babylon bring me in for the king and I will show the king the interpretation um, again this is it. remember this is the king who's viciously angry at this point yeah but you know it's 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 it's, it's such a god thing to use a person to save others yeah even though they are unrighteous because daniel was saving the lives of many unrighteous people which yeah. is prophetic for christ yeah if you look at um, paul when he was on the ship and an angel of the lord came to him and says i've granted you those who sail the lives you. of all of those who are saving you they, they weren't righteous people because paul had told them before let's not do this hmm. they're done it regardless but this is like post or ex ante and ex post hmm. pre and post of like showing the spirit of jesus hmm. of like do you understand yeah yeah it was pretty pretty interesting stuff um then obviously eric brought daniel before the king in haste post haste in haste lives on the line bro let's roll in haste um says i found among the exiles from judah a man who you know it's very interesting because he said to him i have found among the exiles hmm. You know, God uses the foolishness of this world to shame the wise. Yeah. God uses the weak to shame the strong. Yeah. I found among the exiles. So no free man could do this. It was only a captain. How about that? I love that because, I mean, you see how Paul will say, you know, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. If you don't tie yourself, if you are not a captive to a cause, there's certain wisdoms you'll never get. And sometimes if you don't actually understand how weak you are. Yeah. And how much stronger God needs to be. Yeah. God loves using He must increase and I must increase. Yeah, he must increase and that's John, I believe. Yeah. Um look at Gideon, like God is always sort of taking people who yourself, myself, and using and this is what you were saying earlier. It's spiritual desperation, I'm telling you. Because yeah. I mean Bible says woe to those who are at ease in Zion. You can be I mean, some for some of us we think that because we're you know saved and all of that and things are sort of going really well yeah. we tend to rest on our oars yeah. we're not paddling it upstream as heavily anymore we're just like yeah we're good you know i do know god i mean this for me i'm speaking about myself in particular there's certain things i know i read the bible and i get some revelation so i think i'm good and everything and sometimes god has to help to orchestrate situations around you to make you extremely shake desperate you shake to shake you out of that malaise mm-hmm. so that you can continue to press i mean I wish I had my own personal sort of like pressure. You know, it, you know, I, I was reading, um, I'm reading Joshua right now. And it talks about how a particular generation of Israelites hadn't experienced the war. Hmm. And it said that God left some Canaanites in the land to teach these Israelites teach who had not experienced warfare the, the process of war. Yeah. If you look at that today, like certain battles that you will face... Yeah. so that you can experience what war is absolutely i mean if you don't if there are no wars you will not men will never learn to fight Fact. You know? i mean uh, there's a scripture that's that how solomon was man. yeah the scripture someone was quoting to me the other day you know you, the, when there are no wars people will start to beat their swords into into farming farming implements okay yeah. you know and you know it's the war will have to force you back into military mindset yeah. so the bible tells them it says okay everybody beat your your pruning shares into spares yeah. and your sword your you know your fox into swords let's let's get back into this, yeah, this you know brand. when david was at ease when men ought to be in battle that's when the enemy comes yeah. in so you have to keep that military mindset all the time yeah. it has to be fresh in your mind that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood we're fighting yeah. against principalities and powers and i think that's what this is 
showing here, you know. So the king asked Daniel, are you able to make known to me the dream? And obviously Daniel says, no wise man, enchanter, magician, astrologer. I love how people take every opportunity to glorify God hmm. and say, by the way, look, I'm not going to give you the answer straight away. Hmm. I'm going to lay this up for you. I'm going to let you know that no one of your guys would do it, hmm. but God in heaven, this is not a fluke. I'm going to put this as a pedestal to raise yeah. God up. Um, but it says, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mystery. He has known, he has made known to keep King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the latter days. Your dream and vision of your head as you lay in bed. So obviously Daniel tells him, um, well, what is this dream and what is the interpretation exactly? Um, Bible says that there is a God who rules in the affairs of men. Yeah. You know, and it needs to be clear to everybody. And that's part of what Daniel is doing here. It's just elevating God to let him know that God rules in the affairs of men. And he says he reveals the, secret, the secrets and the dreams and the visions. When you are lying in bed, yeah. God is orchestrating things and he's the one who he knows the full he knows the full plan. Yeah. Um, it's important to just notice that Daniel is not. Um, there's a thin line between like pride and boasting in God. Yeah, yeah. He's not proud. This is not of his own. That's the thing, and that's yeah. the point I'm trying to make. Is that Daniel consistently is turning his attention to God, not himself. Yeah. It's a different approach than what we've seen in Christendom today, yeah. which is pastors sort of taking the glory. For themselves yeah that, that, that is a really slippery slope it is that's a it really is. slippery slope and you get evicted from such blessing by doing that hmm. Hmm. so yeah um and you even read it if you read further down in verse 30 it says you know this secret is daniel is saying look at, um to the king it says this these thoughts came into you when you were on your bed you know uh, which were going to come to pass in the future yeah and he says you know god revealed secrets making known to thee what shall come to pass but as for me this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have, more than any living. Mm. But for their sakes, that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. So again, this is just Daniel letting the king know, look, at the end of the day, this is not about me. Yeah. This is about, this is for the salvation of many people. Yeah, because this, this dream is about the defeat of the king. Yeah, and it's also to let you know what's in your heart. And how, how about it come from an exile? <laughs> Telling you about how telling they're you, about exactly, to, you know, do the exact same thing, bro. We could do a whole, <laughs> we could do a whole camp meeting. On this. I think, I think <laughs> we're gonna have to rally back to the dream. We're, we're gonna have to work, so work run. our way back to this, cause, yeah. bro, this is a whole. Um, and again, I want you, Daniel's dreams are actually legendary. Though. They are. Fantastic. I want you to also just, I mean, for those of you who are listening to this, um, just do a quick comparison of the dream that Daniel interprets here. You know. In, in Daniel chapter 2 verse 31 um, and then Daniel's dream in Daniel chapter 10 and you'll see just to the, there's a comparison it talks about head of this and feet of bronze yeah. and this that do the comparison and you will see you start to see the differences yeah. um, and I'm sure if you're a Bible scholar that would push you to do a bit of research so I just wanted to say uh, to keep that in mind for our next podcast yeah yeah fantastic um, thanks a lot this has been great thanks for listening yep. guys um, and we will come back with the dream that Daniel has interpreted to the king. Yeah, and if you have any questions or yeah, thoughts yeah, or yeah, anything yeah, you please. want us to talk about in the next DM one, on the Instagram page. Send us DMs on the Instagram page. We look forward to all of your responses. Um, yeah, so thank you again. <laughs>